0: What's up, guys? It's Bang and Dang. We are the Mouthy Michiganers back for a special edition of Outlaws and Gunslingers. This one's going to be a little bit different. Sports! Because there's no Outlaws. There's no, no, no sports. kind of no. like sports. Well, yeah, it's a sport. Sport of killing people. Right. There's no Outlaws. There are some Gunslingers, but not in the typical Wild West sense of Gunslingers right. so that you know it.
1: But it's the same period, same time frame, same shit that we've been going through. We just want to give you a little perspective of of what's actually, what else is going on. What else
0: is going on during this time period.
1: Because Billy the Kid, Jesse James, fucking uh, uh, Bowles, what was his first name? Something Bowles. Something Bowles. Patrick? Patrick Patrick Bowles or something, whatever. Uh, um, um, Hickory, old Hickory Bill. John Wesley Harden. Uh, fucking Hickory Bill, <laughs> <laughs> Wild Bill Hickory, <laughs> Wild Bill <laughs> Hickory, uh, fucking all those guys. This same shit that they're doing, the United States government and the Indians were doing. Well, this is but going, legally,
0: this is going on at the same
1: time. But legally, and this, uh, the War versus Native Americans was was a battle fought was a battle fought in fucking and, coalition uh, with uh, in government and outlaws and gunslingers. In government capacity plus right. It was like a, it was like civilian capacity. It was like when Obama funded and trained ISIS to fight fucking Al Qaeda. I see how that turned out, but it's not like that. Well, this at is all. a little different because not not one of these guys turned into. Uh, well, the government was basically funding fucking gunslingers and outlaws to fucking take down engines. They weren't though. No. They were. No. They were giving them shit, yeah. The well, little small groups this, and shit that we don't know. No. This uh, this looks. Sp- this is what we're gonna hear about. This was a legal a lot posse. Of, uh, this is a legal posse. A few
0: of uh, people we've covered or a couple of people, at least one of the people and a person associated with them, actually a couple of people that we've talked about were involved in this same Calvary
1: before and you know this what happened. And I'm kinda I'm kinda uh, a little I never did too much research into Indian and American Calvary. All I know is uh, Indians were savages, savages, barely even human, savages, savages, uh, and uh, the cavalry were like, "Hey, man, uh, this is our land now." I guess I don't know, right? So basically, really, I'm kind of. on a, Everybody says, "Well, this country is founded on uh, uh, immigration and all that," which is true, but I don't know, man. I really, d- I can't say anymore because I gotta, I gotta dig down deep. I never really have, which I should have with, with. All of us like we all say, I'm Elizabeth Warren. I got Native American in my blood. <laughs> I'm an Indian. I'm an Indian. Even though my pinky is the only thing that has an Indian blood, basically. Um, I mean I don't know, I learned about not too much Indians and shit in school. Yeah. Yeah, but not it was always Indian bad, America good. Yeah. It was always. Yeah. And the Indians fighting for their rights. They were here first. Yeah, but still, it was always still. But but No. I don't know what kind of school you went to, like the School of Hitler or something, but... Uh, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from this... I don't know what the hell this guy was even trying to say. What I was but,
1: trying to uh, say is uh, the engine in the whole America thing, where Indians, bad savages, just going out to kill people for no fucking reason, like, it was meant to seem, and the government... Was like, hey man, we're just here trying to fucking create a fucking good government. And we basically got this land because it was owned by another country and we fought for this little piece of land. And now we want to go through. And then that's the problem. They went throughout, right? Exactly. There
0: you go. Now you're getting with so it. So I got to
1: be inside of the Indians. Now, now you're cooking with some peanut oil. Yeah, but does that make it right for the Indians to go out and just start killing it? I mean, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Everybody?
0: I'm not killing it. I mean, There's, people trying to move in on their land, man. They're you're like. White man. The white man. They were like they were like the a, white man who brought great disease and disparage. Yeah. This is all about the battle of Little Bighorn, like we said, not typical outlaws gunsinger style. But, but it is. is important because it is it's in the same era as what is going on and a couple of the people that we have covered and will cover isn't have this, served in this, um, this particular cavalry. You, I'm sure you guys know what the Battle of Little Big Horn was, All right. uh, otherwise known as Custer's Last Stand. Custer's
1: Last Stand, which
0: is the Seventh Cavalry of uh, the United States Army, and Wild Bill, Clammy uh, Jane, uh, just uh, let you guys amongst know. others, served uh, as fucking. Uh, scout spoiler, trade,
1: spoiler! The United States fucking army got brutalized. That well, this this not, not, fucking not the army. Yeah, they got brutalized, just, or the cavalry, or whatever yeah. it was. They got brutalized, guys. Everybody knows the story oh of Custer's last stand. My. It was almost like if you're watching Glory and you've seen the fucking whatever regiment of the fucking. Why whatever. is it every laws and gunslingers that we do you bring up Glory? Because that was a fucking mass execution known. That was one of the that was the one of the biggest mass executions, and every single one of those uh, uh, members of the fucking um, of the fucking uh, which is false of that uh of, which is false because of that knew they were dying. Um, Knew they're dying. It's
0: false because the Battle of Little Bighorn and what happened to Custard's men was the biggest loss of military in one fucking setting. They didn't
1: didn't go in there and know they're dying. Well, we'll
0: read the story. Not all of
1: them. Well, we'll read the story. Not all of them. Well, we'll read the story. No glory. Every single one of them in that regiment. Yeah. Every single one of them in that regiment knew. They
0: didn't go in, but they knew they they were dying. By the time they actually went in, they knew they they were dying. Oh, we'll we'll read it. They knew. This is 100% going to be a two-part story, guys, just because I couldn't justify just jumping right into the battle. We had to go a little bit of backstory of what led up into the Battle of Little Bighorn and some uh, shit surrounding it, and then we'll get into the battle and some shit after that. Part one will probably just be this part that you're hearing right now. It'll probably just be the background and leading up and... All the details. We'll and all see that what stuff. we got going on, man. Well,
1: we'll figure it out. No, no, it's going to be. Trust well, me. We'll figure it out. It's going to be. But this is the battle of a little bighorn, guys. Um, I don't. I've never really watched a movie about <laughs> Little Bighorn. I don't think I have. So I've never watched a movie either. I mean, I just know what I know through school and here and there, If I can knowledge. So really, not too much that I can remember. But as I start reading this, i always start to remember because that's not something that you want to keep on going back to. So, we'll start this off at one hour and fifteen minutes and twenty-five <laughs> seconds. You will see some horses and some engines and U.S. cavalry on the screen. Oh wait, oh. Uh, this is the wrong show. This isn't the Monday Night War No,
0: it's the. Uh... Well, it's supposed to be Friday night. Uh,
1: Friday night. That all. Yeah, it's supposed to be outlaws and gunslingers. So there's a bunch of stupid shit going on tonight. It, it is outlaws, and just like it's I said. I said from the first episode
0: that it wouldn't always be about a wow. fucking famous outlaw or gunslingers. We're also gonna include some Indian stuff
1: too. Well, this is what happened in 1805. Fur trader uh, Frank Francois Frank Francois? Francois Francois yeah Francois Antoine Le Creux. L'arac. L'arac. Lorac. Yeah, Lorac. So uh, in 1805, fur trader Francois-Antoine Lorac reported joining <laughs> a crow camp in the Yellowstone area.
0: Crows were Indians.
1: On the way he noted... Thank you. On the way <laughs> he noted that the crow, which were Indians, hunted buffalo, which were uh, buffalos. <laughs> <laughs> bison. Or <they're> bison. <laughs> or bison. Uh, which are cows. Well, basically, on the Small Horn River. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what the Small Horn River was, it's in blue here, so you can click on it. <laughs> Small Horn and, River. And see where it's located. Yeah. Uh, in the Yellowstone area. In the Yellowstone uh, area. The U.S. built Fort Raymond, which is also in the same area as you will find Small Horn River, <laughs> in 1807, for yep. uh, trade with the Crow, which are Indians. <laughs> It was located near the confluence of Yellowstone and the Bighorn River.
0: Which is basically where the rivers meet.
1: Right. Uh, about 40 miles. Isn't that a song? Where the rivers, rivers meet? meet? I don't know. could it be a movie. Yeah. About 40 miles. Or a book. About 40. <laughs> north, or or <laughs> anything, really. Or a fact.
0: <laughs> no, it is a fact. Preferred. It's 100% a fact. That's confirmed. <laughs> about 40
1: miles north of the future battlefield. Mm-hmm. In the latter half of the 19th century, tensions increased between the native inhabitants of the Great Plains of the United States and and encroaching settlers. Mm. Uh, This resulted in a series of conflicts uh, known as the Sioux Wars. Everybody knows Sioux Indians. They're some ruthless motherfuckers. (laughs) I guess they're just like territorial. They're like, hey, no. We lived here for years and we haven't seen any likes of you and now you just want to come in here? No. They're like, well, yeah. They're like, no. And they're like, well, we got these. They shoot me. They're people. like, so do we. <laughs> yeah, but not so <laughs> much. By this time, we had
0: been trading with you motherfuckers right. for 100 uh, years. You forget, I
1: saw you last week, and <laughs> you sold me a whole fucking bundle. I gave you some deer skin for this, man. For, for everything. And bullets, too. Uh, uh, the conflicts of the Sioux Wars, which took place from 1854 to 1890. So you had a seven-year war there eight-year war yeah well seven-year war probably. what the
0: fuck are you saying
1: yeah seven-year war basically read those numbers again 1854 to 18 oh sorry <laughs> i was gonna say 1860 oh, yeah, 36 I'm dyslexic. year war. dyslexic
0: <laughs> well, no, not dyslexic
1: uh 36 year war fellas <laughs> sorry 1854 to 1890 a 30 it's true it's true a thirty-six, you, uh, the Indians fought for thirty-six years to stay on their land. They're like, "Fuck it, we can't do no, it anymore." Not, not
0: the whole Indians as a whole. Just Basically, the, just the Sioux
1: Wars. You no, know, it was Indian War, but it was Sioux Wars. No, because but,
0: there's literally a whole another war <laughs> that's called the fucking uh, Indian War. At the same time.
1: No. In the same time, in the same time frame, yes. No. Yes, there's about, there's about. Seriously, there's about 30 different wars that went on in the United States between the, the years of 1850 and 19-fucking-12. All in the United States.
0: Yeah. But this is specifically the Sioux Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But the American-Indian and French War, Indian-French War, oh. was separate.
1: There's, it don't matter. There's, there's Separate. There was separate. There's United separate. States Army versus this Indian tribe war that lasted S- six, seven months. Or this separate. war. Yes. Okay. I'm saying there's multiple wars with Indians going on, not just the Sioux you War. You said
0: it was the same war. It is the same war. It's not the same war. It is, it's just separate, different
1: just a different Indian tribe name, separate, but it was a, it was yes. a, it was a it was a America versus Indians. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, I've only heard
0: of uh, aliens versus or cowboys versus aliens.
1: Well, while some of the in, indigenous indigenous people eventually agreed to relocate they didn't, yeah, they didn't agree. Clearly said it Well, they didn't. They if, didn't you, if you would keep reading it. They okay. didn't agree. If you would
0: keep reading.
1: They didn't agree, but. If you, could, if while you would some just of, keep reading. While some of the indigenous people eventually agreed to relocate to ever-shrinking reservations, a number of them resisted, at times fiercely. Uh-huh. On May 7th, 1868, the Valley of the Little Bighorn became a tract in the eastern part of New York. Crow Indian Reservation, Uh, in the center of the old Crow country, there were numerous skirmishes between the Sioux and the Crow tribes, so when the Sioux were in the valley in 1876 without the consent of the Crow tribe, the Crow supported the U.S. Army to expel them, basically enlisting the army to get rid of the Sioux. I get it.
0: I get it. So you had Indians helping the army. And which
1: later, what happened to them? We need to follow. And which later happened, what happened to the Crow?
0: No, actually Crow was uh, a noted fucking uh, ally of the United States.
1: It's because they gave up everything throughout. they had. It's
0: because they gave up everything. Well, they got treated well for it. Yeah. Among the Plains Tribes, the long-standing ceremonial tradition known as the Sundance was the most important religious event of the year. It is a time for prayer and personal sacrifice on behalf of the community as well as making personal vows. Well, Towards the end of spring in 1876, the Lakota and the Cheyenne held a Sundance that was also attended by a number of agency Indians, quote-unquote, right. who had slipped away from the reservations. During a Sundance around June fifth, eighteen 1876, on Rosebud Creek in Montana, Sitting Bull, who was the spiritual leader of the Hunkpapa Lakota, reportedly had a vision of soldiers falling. I see soldiers falling into his camp like grasshoppers from the sky. At the same time, U.S. military officials were conducting a summer campaign to force the Lakota and the Cheyenne back to the reservations. They said, "Shoo on back there, mm-hmm. go back to that old place." They were using infantry and cavalry
1: in a so-called three-pronged approach. I mean, you think he really had a vision of? Yes, I, I think Indians were No, they not a vision; they were just smart, like a normal person.
0: No, when they say when he says a vision, he literally means like I saw it. It was like a premonition. That's what that's what Indians believed in, like like they would do fucking shit around the fire and I think, the fire, it would yeah. fucking do images I don't think they've
1: seen... I think that he's just... The knowledge came to him, and that's what he said. It says. was probably in his head, like, yeah. oh, man. I've, I mean, oh, it's, you're, he's a very really smart person. Well, this and this happened, this past... This and this happened. Maybe So Indians, I believe that... Okay, maybe
0: Indians were fucking more connected say, spiritually well, than uh, I mean, any it's of us, a, whatever. It's any smart man.
1: Imagine you being an elder, basically what these guys are, like fucking higher-ups in the fucking Indian community. And... A couple people here and there and it keeps on increasing of trying to you've never seen it before and then it increases and increases and you're like, you know what? Plus what but had had been happening already. Right. And you're like, you know what? From what we heard from other tribes and we've had a few people come here in the last couple of years, you know, it's getting more and more. I think I'm seeing in the near future times are
0: rough fellas. Uh,
1: a major amount times this. I can see that. I don't think it's a vision. I think it's just a very, very smart guy who's like, hey, Guess what? We've seen, in the past 20 years, in the past five years, in the past well, 20 years, we've well, seen at nobody. at this point,
0: the, the uh, right. Sioux Wars had already been going on for 20 years, so. It gets more and more and more. I'm saying, this is 76. Sioux Wars started in 54, so Sitting Bull had already witnessed fucking.
1: Yeah, they didn't say when he witnessed it.
0: Yeah, it was in 76. He witnessed it at a June 5th, 1876 um, uh, fucking Sundance.
1: 1876. Yeah.
0: So, mm-hmm. fucking shit had already been going on for over 20 years. So he's right. like, shit's fucking, uh, it's on the brink now, guys. Shit's fucking about to happen.
1: Maybe he has some intel what's going on. He knew, he just knew it, it was or a vision.
0: Or he was just a fucking wise guy that was like, eh, I've seen it. <laughs> well, so, no. Something's going to happen.
1: I, I think all this shit's been going around. He's getting, he's obviously getting intel of, hey, there's this. They're they're coming this way. There's like fucking shitload. Or or maybe shitload of people coming this way. Or maybe and that's how you rally the troops and you keep on. Or maybe he's just
0: very well spiritually connected.
1: That's possible. Well, anyway, Colonel John Gibbons' column of six companies of the Seventh Infantry. So he had six different companies in the Seventh Infantry. Probably, like, I'll say... Basically, each
0: company had, like, 30 four regiments. So like, 30? No, 30, 30, hell no.
1: 30 people in each company.
0: Each company had about... Um, about 30 people in each company. No. Yes. Custer's company alone had 200 and something.
1: All right, so Each got,
0: company had right. about six different
1: regiments. Okay, so... Okay, okay. So, Colonel John Gibbons' column of six companies of the 7th Infantry and four companies of the 2nd Cavalry marched east. From Fort Ellis into western Montana on the 30th of March uh, of what year? 1876? 1876, I believe. Uh, to patrol the Yellowstone River, Brigade General George Crooks' column of 10 companies of the 3rd Cavalry, 5 companies of the 2nd Cavalry, 2 companies of the 4th Infantry, and 3 companies of the 9th Infantry moved north from Fort Fetterman in the Wyoming Territory. So that's Tatoy. two of the three prongs. On the, May, on the May 29th, marching toward the Powder River area, Brigade General Alfred Terry's column, including 12 companies of the 7th, 7th Cavalry under Lieutenant Colonel George Armstrong Custer's immediate command, Company C and G of the 7th U.S. Infantry, 17th. and the, of the 17th U.S. Infantry, and the Gatling Gun Detachment of the 20th Infantry. Departed westward for Fort Abraham Lincoln so there's your, in the Dakota Territory uh, on the 17th of May. There's your uh, three-pronged fucking approach. Bam. They were accompanied by Teamsters. and well, uh, It was a three-pronged approach, but filled in the gaps with a bunch of fucking bad motherfuckers. People working for them. Yeah. Like murderers. Murderers. <laughs> Mercenaries. Right, right. Uh, they were accompanied by teamsters and packers with 150 wagons and a large uh, contingent of packed mules and reinforced... <laughs> they were accompanied by teamsters and packers with 150 wagons... I think wagons... reading
0: in your little uh, southern <laughs> voice throws you off.
1: Right, right. Well, they were accompanied by teamsters and packers with 150 wagons and a large contingent of, <laughs> contingent, contingent of contingent? packed mules and reinforced... <laughs> and reinforced... <laughs> Anyway, there was uh, 150 <laughs> wagons with large contingent and yeah. packed mules that reinforced Custer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Company C, D, and I was it I or one? <laughs> Obviously, I. Everything else is a letter. Well, Company C, D, and I of the Sixth U.S. Infantry moved along the Yellowstone River from Fort Buford on the Missouri River, which is the longest river in the United States of America, to set up a supply depot and join Terry on May 29. At the mouth of the Powder River. They are later joined there by a steamboat far west. If you guys don't know what the steamboat far west is, look it up. Uh, Which was loaded with 200 tons of supplies from Fort Lincoln. So, these guys are like moving in from all around. This is like the game of risk. Where you want to buy all that territories to the place that you want to eventually take over.
0: They're just looking to secure land for the U.S. Army. All they're
1: doing. And they're surrounding, basically, these guys. Surround them. Well,
0: that wouldn't be the plan, right? The Seventh Cavalry had been created just after the American Civil War. Many right. men were veterans of the war, including most of the leading officers. Mm-hmm. A significant portion of the regiment had previously served four and a half years at Fort Riley, Kansas, during which time it fought one major engagement and numerous skirmishes, experiencing ca- casualties of thirty-six killed and twenty-seven wounded. Damn. Six other troopers had died, died of drowning in 51 and fifty-one in cholera epidemics. Holy oh, shit. In November 1868, while stationed in Kansas. But I bet they
1: didn't shut down fucking local sure fucking. Didn't. They kept going. Mm-hmm.
0: It's crazy. In November 1880, or 68, while stationed in Kansas, 7th Cavalry under Custer had successfully routed Black Kettles, who's an Indian, Southern Cheyenne Camp on the Wichita, Washita, Washita River in the Battle of Washita River. <laughs> All right. In an attack at which the time was labeled a massacre of innocent Indians by the Indian Bureau. Well, it probably
1: was. Yeah,
0: definitely probably. Not probably.
1: Well, by the time of Little Bighorn, half the 7th Cavalry's companies had just returned from 18 months of constabulary. Constabulary. Constabulary? Yeah,
0: I, I specifically Googled that and uh, had them pronounce it for me, so I would know.
1: So they returned from 18 months of constabulary The way I pre-planned
0: this, I was supposed to read this paragraph, because I was supposed to read the first one, but you ended up reading uh, the first one, no. so... Well.
1: Uh, by eighteen. <laughs> I, was, I was prepared for that word, damn it. Eighteen, <laughs> 18 months of constabulary duty in the deep south. Deep south, and deep deep. No, uh, no, where are you from? Deep south. Deep south. Deep south. <laughs> Having been deep recalled south. to Fort Abraham Lincoln, uh, Dakota Territory, to reassemble the Abram. regiment, right for <laughs> the campaign. To reassemble the regiment for the campaign.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: About 20% of the troops had been enlisted in the prior seven months. 139 of enlisted row of 718 were only marginally trained. That's, that's, had no combat or frontier experience. So these guys were like nothing. But
0: 718 is just the 7th Cavalry.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically.
0: So their whole, their whole force that we right. just read about is probably... In the thousands, maybe not, not probably one hundred percent. I'll say it's definitely pro- nearing ten thousand. No, would say about five thousand. I don't know seven hundred just in this cavalry.
1: Yeah, I say about five thousand
0: seven hundred. There was fucking eight of them. There was like there was like fifteen fucking calvaries.
1: So maybe about ten thousand, maybe fifteen, maybe. But they all didn't interact. That's the problem. A sizable number of these recruits were immigrants from Ireland, Britain, and Germany. Just as many of the veteran troops had been before their enlistment. So basically all these guys were like, hey, I mean that's what it was. I can understand the whole immigrants and all uh, this. Because hey, these guys were some fucking we were here. motherfuckers fighting for this sh- hey man, we traveled all this way to come here and I'm fighting to live.
0: I guarantee fight uh, for my family. You join the you join the army at that point. You serve whatever your time you're right. gonna get your citizenship and exactly. whatever,
1: you know. Okay. That's cool. Now, archaeological evid- evidence archaeological evidence suggests that many of these troopers were malnourished, obviously, yeah. and in poor physical condition. Isn't sadly. that
0: always the thing? You want to defeat an army, you take away their food and their fucking um, well, the spirits? Well, oh.
1: these guys were uh, physically weak and mentally weak, mm-hmm. despite having the best equipment that was ever supplied to any regiment in the army. Everything that you... You were the king and queen of the army, and but you were... Uh, no
0: matter how uh, you're no matter how fucking uh, no matter how clean your rifle is, you ain't gonna fucking use it good if you're fucking starving. Yep. Of the forty-five officers and seven hundred and eighteen troopers, then assigned to the Seventh Cavalry, which included a second lieutenant detached from the Twentieth Infantry and serving in Company L. Right. Fourteen officers, including regimental commander, and one hundred fifty-two troopers did a not okay of the forty. Oh, basically, of the forty-five officers and seven hundred and eighteen troopers that were assigned to the 7th Cavalry, 14 officers and 152 troopers did not accompany the 7th during this campaign. So they were, what, down to 500? All right. The regimental commander, Colonel Samuel D. Sturgis, was on detached duty as the superintendent of mounting, Mounted Recruiting Service. Why do they always have long names like this? That? stupid. And in command of the Cavalry Depot in St. Louis, which left Lieutenant Colonel Custard in command of the regiment. The ratio of troops detached for other duty approximately 22% was not unusual for an expedition of the size, right. and part of the officer shortage was chronic due to the army's rigid seniority system. Mm-hmm. Three of the regiment's twelve captains were permanently mm-hmm. detached, yep. and two had never served a day with the Seventh since their appointment in. 18- so basically, 67. you had like
1: these regiments out there that like were going off of uh, seniority, and yeah, they, had, they get to leave right. So you could have a lieutenant general, and then he's and gone. That- well, and now, now the next person is what? A fucking colonel or something. Or a fucking uh, sergeant. But all those guys are gone. Because they're like, hey, yeah.
0: dudes, I've been here so, for a while. So you
1: have a lieutenant. So you have a second lieutenant.
0: Three second lieutenant vacancies were unfilled.
1: Yeah, so yeah. You, so you had like lieutenants basically running <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, what, what was Custer doing? He should have been like the main the main guy then. He was. He was you know, a general. He was, I just told you. He ran everything now. He should have been smarter than that. He ran everything now. He should have been smarter than that to have what he had. You would obviously get your own... Well... As as being a general of a fucking... I mean, I get what you're saying, but you're... You're uh, you're a president. I get what you're you're saying. You're over...
0: You're over-jumping about what's going to explain everything you're saying later.
1: (laughs) Well, the Army's coordination and planning began to go all-ray...
0: <laughs> I never know how to pronounce that. Is it Ari? O- Arai. Ari? Ari? Ari.
1: The Army's coordination and planning Arai. began to go awry on June 17, 1876. when, my, when my. <laughs> Miss American, awry. <laughs> when Crook's column retreated after the Battle of the Rosebud. Which we just explained. Yep, just 30 miles to the southeast of the eventual Little Big Horn battlefield. Surprised, and according to some accounts, astonished. By the unusually large numbers of the Native Americans, Crook held the field at the end of the battle, but felt compelled by his losses to pull back. He's like, man, this is more more than I thought. This is more than what we've... uh, I thought this was like taking candy from a baby. This is more
0: more intense than fucking what we're used to. What's going on here, man? This is like
1: the first battle of the Civil War when everybody came to witness. And they're like, oh shit, this is real. We're not we're not going to attend uh, Civil War battles anymore. Isn't that crazy? Like They sat around and going pitched back, tents, dude. They pitched getting tents. Getting off
0: subject a little bit. Dude, you it was like a football had, game. Yeah, you it was like a football game. You
1: literally had people watching the war. It was a football game. These motherfuckers had a set time where they were going to meet, and you had fucking people sitting on each side <laughs> with... Picnic baskets and all kinds of shit. Thinking, oh, this is gonna be. It. They're gonna, they're gonna argue and stuff. No, they're gonna blow each other's heads off and stuff. Even when they knew
0: that, they were still gathering in mind. Yeah, but it so. didn't happen
1: as much as like the very first battle, dude. That very first battle uh, is ridiculous. Well, anyway, so Crook held the, held the field at the end of the battle. He, was, he knew this shit. Whoa, whoa, dude. All right, so our plan ain't working. Uh, these guys are obviously stronger than we thought. Let's pull back and regroup, and we'll wait for reinforcements. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. It's two. probably <laughs> a good idea, crook. Right. Despite well, your last name. Right. I, <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, I am. Wait, I'm not a thief. <laughs> well, you're that,
0: too. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a murderer. Come on. You're over three. You're over three. <laughs>
1: Well, unaware of a crook's battle, Gibbon and Terry proceeded, mm. uh, joining forces in early June near the so mouth... These right? teamed up. Well, they joined forces near the mouth of the Rosebud so Creek. So they teamed up. Yep. <laughs> they reviewed uh, Terry's plan, calling for Custer's regiment to proceed uh, south along the Rosebud, while Terry and Gibbon's united forces uh, would move into a westerly direction toward the Bighorn and Little Bighorn Rivers. So they're like, hey, dude, we're going to hit this way. Oh, why don't you just row south with your shit that you got? We're gonna uh-huh. check this shit out this way, and they're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, we I mean, we got it." They're like, "All right, man, we're headed out, company
0: out." We don't know about uh crook's fucking uh, engagement with the larger than normal right. fucking uh, Indians, so right. So he's got to roll it
1: out. We're gonna this is the plan. You guys do what you do. We're gonna do what you do. We'll we'll keep you updated. <laughs> they're like, "All right," which each message took about three days to get to each other, so they could have been dead by then. So, well, as this was likely a location of the native. Uh, native encampments. All our army elements had been instructed to converge. Everybody's like, "Hey, we gotta get here, man! At least by I mean by June 26th or at, at the latest, 27th of June, guys." Uh, and it, we got we got engulfed. The point is, get your asses here so we can get us some fucking engines. Some yeah. savages, savages. You know they're barely even human. So they're like, "Bam." We're gonna get this done on the twenty sixth or twenty-seventh of June. Well, on June twenty second, Terry ordered the seventh cavalry composed of thirty one officers and five hundred sixty-six enlisted men under Custer to begin a reconnaissance. A reconnaissance, a reconnaissance, a reconnaissance reconnaissance reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Uh, to begin a reconnaissance and force and pursue along the rosebud. With the prerogative to depart, sufficient, sufficient, sufficient reason. reason. So basically, if right. you
0: think you need to fucking get out, There's, get yeah, the fuck you out. Get out.
1: You gotta get out. Well, Custer had been offered the the use of Gatling guns, but declined. He's like, Ooh. I don't need those guys, believing they would slow his command. He's, He's like, like, they were too off. big, ass fucking guns. I mean, to slow me down, like man. His fucking bam, bam, good to go. Right, power good on that go. shit. Well, oh, while well, the
0: Terry Gibbon column was marching toward the mouth of the Little Bighorn on the evening of June twenty fourth. Custer's Indian scouts arrived at an overlook known as the Crow's Nest, 14 miles east of the Little Bighorn River. Mm. At sunrise on June 25th, Custer's scouts reported they could see a massive pony herd and signs of the Native American village roughly 15 miles in the distance. After a night's march, the tired officer who was sent with the scouts could see neither, and when Custer joined them, he he was also unable to make the sighting. Custer contemplated a surprise attack against the uh, encampment the following morning of June 26, but he then received a report informing him several hostiles had discovered the trail left by his troops. So he's like, fuck, they're fucking on to us. What do we do? All right. He assumed his presence had been exposed. Custer decided to attack the village without further delay. That's
1: stupidity. I was going to tell you from the whole get go when you first started. Obviously, if these motherfuckers are seeing them,
0: They're seeing them. Exactly. And they're seeing them before. What's what's the old saying? If I can see you, you can see me. me.
1: But these guys are seeing you before you've seen me. guarantee it. These engines, they know. They know. They had a fight against more than just you, motherfucker. There's other engines.
0: Well, you think... uh,
1: These motherfuckers on watch constantly.
0: You think established fucking uh, military men and people
1: would know. Right. I mean, come on. These guys knew damn well. Before you even there, they're like...
0: Well, that's why he discovered when he might have been made. He's mm-hmm. like, we gotta fucking do it now.
1: No surprise attack, stupid. no more. Which is stupid because he thought of it too late because he was already been made two, three days before. Well, was he? He was.
0: Well, let's let's well keep, let's keep reading. <laughs> on the morning of
1: June fifteenth, Custer divided his twelve companies into three battalions in ant- anticipation of the forthcoming engagement. Three companies were placed under the command of Major Marcus Reno, and three were placed under the command of Captain Frederick Benteen. Five companies remained under Custer's immediate command. Mm. The Twelfth Company B, under Captain Thomas McDougal, had been assigned to escort the slower pack train carrying provisions and additional ammunition. They looked so, out. Yeah, they're like, all right, you stay back, and when we call you, get this shit here. Unknown to uh, General Custer, the group of Native Americans seen on this trail were actually leaving the encampment and did not alert the rest mm. of the village.
0: Mm, thought That was a whole little stick in the spokes of what you yeah. were just saying, doesn't it? I you? think they did. Clearly not. This Custer is, this scouts is
1: Custer Scouts warmed him warmed him. They warmed him up. They're like, <laughs> hey, you warmed up, bud? Well, guess check this shit oh, out. Check out the
0: size <laughs> of this. Check this <laughs> shit
1: out. Well, Custer Scouts warned him about the size <laughs> <laughs> of oh, it. Again. He still said warm. <laughs> Custer Scouts warned <laughs> him about the size of the village, with mm-hmm. Mitch Boyer reportedly saying general. I have been with these Indians for thirty years. Mm. You know, trust me, this is the largest village I've ever, ever heard of. And Custer was like, "Really?" And he was like, "Yes." <laughs> and he was like, "Really?" And he was like, "Yes." <laughs> well, Custer's overriding concern was that the American Native, uh, the American, the Native American group would break up and scatter. Like, nah, these motherfuckers are just going to run for... As soon as they see run us, for they're, the they're going to be gone. Well, well that's, what he,
0: that's what he was scared of. All right. He didn't want them to run. He wanted to fucking...
1: Well, you'll see. Get him, yeah. You'll see. But he was like, these motherfuckers run for the hills, and then we're, we're going to have to scatter around. Mm-hmm. He's going to break up his army, mm-hmm. which fucks up shit. Mm-hmm. The command began its approach to the village at noon and prepared to attack in full daylight. With an impending sense of doom, the Crow Scout half yellow Face. Prophetically warned, uh, Custer, speaking through to interpreter Mitch Boyer, "You and I are going home today by a road we do not know." Mm. That's scary. You're like, what?
0: Especially, You're like, especially when it's coming from an Indian. Right? They're always right. Like, they're always like <laughs> right, like, like and you, prophetic and shit mean, like that. Whenever
1: they say home, you think they mean death. Uh, Exactly. Which well, exactly what he means. Going home,
0: especially by a road we do by not a road know. We've never seen. Well, as the army moved into the field on its expedition, it was operating with incorrect assumptions as to the number of Indians it would encounter. These assumptions were based on inaccurate information provided by the Indian agents that no more than eighty hostiles were in the area, or eight hundred hostiles were in the area. Right. Well, the Indian agents based this estimate on the number of Lakota that Sitting Bull and other leaders had reportedly led off the reservation in protest of the U.S. government policies. It was, in fact, a correct estimate until several weeks before the battle when the reservation Indians joined Sitting Bull's ranks for the summer buffalo hunt. Right. Right. So, more than 800. Way more than 800. That's crazy.
1: Well, the agents did not take into account uh, the many thousands. Thousands. Thousands of these reservation Indians... Quote, unquote. ...who had unofficially left the reservation to join their, quote, unquote, uncooperative uh, non-reservation cousins led by Sidney Bow, <laughs> unquote. Quote. You already said, quote, unquote, so you don't need to do that
0: again. I don't want to do it again. Quote, unquote.
1: <laughs> Thus, Custer unknowingly faced thousands of Indians, including the 800 non-reservation hostiles. Uh... All army plans were based on the incorrect numbers. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, fuck. I mean, they were they know. already like in battle when they were no. doing this?
0: No, they didn't know yet.
1: Although Custer was criticized after the battle for not having accepted reinforcements and dividing his forces... Uh, it appears that he had accepted the same official government est- estimates of hostiles in the area, which Terry and Gibbon had also accepted. So mm-hmm. everybody was all, everybody was in agreement, like, hey, there's only about 800 of these. This is what's we here. Be able to this is what's take here. This is what you have. This is we ha- what we have. I think pretty confident if we were to split our, you would be okay. Our
0: at least 10,000 men
1: right? Should be able to handle, be able to handle eight right, these guys. right, right. Historian James Donovan notes, however. That when Custer later asked interpreter Fred Gerhard for his opinion on the size of the opposition, he estimated the forces between 1,500 and 2,500 warriors, which was far more than that. So this guy was, like, guessing low just to make him feel better about himself. Like, there's probably about, I mean, that's a lot. You got, how many does he have? How many Custer got there? 500 and something? Maybe. 566, right what they said? Right. To
0: 1,500 at the
1: very least. And they thought they were going to encounter what, three? 800. Oh.
0: All together with the army. Right.
1: Custer himself
0: uh, encountered 1,500. That's not including all the other ones that were there.
1: And they didn't think there wasn't even close to that, though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Well,
0: Custer, Custer assumed the warriors had been sleeping in on the morning of the battle, to which virtually every native account are attested to later, giving Custer a false estimate of what he was up against. Custer's Crow scouts told him it was the largest native village they had ever seen. We established that earlier. When the scouts began changing back into their native dress right before the battle, Custer released them from his command. While the village was enormous in size, Custer still thought there were far fewer warriors to defend the village. Finally, Custer may have assumed when he encountered the Native Americans, his subordinate, Benteen, with the pack train would provide support. Rifle volleys were a standard way of telling supporting units to come and... uh, You hear this fucking gunfire? You come here
1: now! Right. Well... Right. I mean, uh, it was just bad, bad, bad leadership, bad fucking uh, intel, bad fucking everything in that whole sense right here. So
0: far, you would think so, huh?
1: In a subsequent official 1879 Army investigation requested by Major Reno, the Reno Board Inquiry... Inquiry... Uh, Benteen and Reno's men testified that they heard distinct rifle volleys as late as of uh, 4.30pm during the battle. So why didn't they come? Right. Custer had initially wanted to take a day to scout the village and before attacking. However, when men went back looking for supplies and accidentally dropped by the pack pack train, they discovered that their track had been discovered by Indians. So he had a couple fucking guys right? couple guys. Well, and
0: when men went back looking for supplies accidentally dropped by the pack train so the pack train dropped fucking supplies and the Indians right. found them.
1: They had to go back
0: and try to get them so there was a couple of men. Well not only that they discovered that the Indians had already fucking discovered that they dropped all this shit. So oh, right. all right. Indians so the So trail. that shit was
1: gone. That shit was gone. And right. the Indians were on the trail. Right. Indians are around. Indians around. Uh, reports from his from his scouts also revealed that fresh pony tracks from ridges overlooking his formation. Oh
0: shit! So these these fucking Indians were sitting up there. Imagine watching. Any, imagine any
1: old west movie. You see,
0: uh, it doesn't matter the Either Indians or the, the cowboys Indi- on right. the fucking uh, ridge overlooking yeah. the camp.
1: Either through an Indian's eyes or a cowboy's eyes, there's always a scene of somebody on a horse looking down a valley into a fucking uh, whatever. So. As they said that, they're like, hey, right, um, these guys, these guys uh, overlooking our formation. <laughs>
0: I saw the fresh pony tracks.
1: They're overlooking our formation. It became apparent that the warriors in the village were either aware of or would soon be aware of his approach, which which would be the uh, before, not the latter, it would be the before mentioned, aware of, they are already aware of. Yeah. Um, they knew. They knew. I mean, they they always knew. Just get, they always knew. I always knew. Fearing that the village would break up into small bands uh, that he would have to chase, Custer began to prepare for an immediate attack, which isn't even, not even close, because they're already
0: scavenged out. No, the village he was going to attack was just all of the, that's why they said it's a massive village. Nobody, yeah. was, nobody was scattered yet.
1: Obviously they were. No, you there was people you, you out. Did you not just pay attention? They're, yeah, yeah there's, there's scouts. There's people out. Yeah, like two or three scouts, just like they had scouts. There's not like hundreds of people. You're not going to get nobody scattering, nobody's leaving. If they know, they're not leaving. They're fucking standing around. Of course, he didn't know that there was 1,500 people. That's my point. Yeah, but he ain't going to think He would think
0: that 800 He said he would,
1: didn't want them to scatter out. He would think He, he didn't that, want them to.
0: He would think that eight, 800 would. <clears throat> not fucking 2,000 plus. Of course, they're not going to. But he would think. He's thinking there's only like 800. Of course, he would think, well, I've seen this before. They scatter, and fucking we got to right. chase them.
1: He didn't know there's 2,000-plus pe- uh, Indians. Makes perfect sense. That's why it makes perfect sense. What you were doing, you surround it, so you get the scatterings. That's what they
0: were trying to do. Didn't expect thousands of them. They got wrong info, bud. <laughs> well, the 1st Battalion, commanded by Major Marcus Reno, was ordered to attack. Soon, Reno's squadron of 175 soldiers 175, prepared an assault at the southern end of the Indian village. However, they quickly realized that the Lakota and northern Cheyenne forces, much larger than they anticipated right. and showed no signs of fleeing at the sight no of the soldiers. No signs of
1: fleeing. So you can't even flee.
0: Once you get there, you're fucked. You're done. He soon sent a message to Custard, but when he heard nothing in return, Reno launched his offense northward. Fearing they might be trapped, Reno halted his charging men, dismounted and fired uh, up on the village. And just to let you system. guys know,
1: there's no prisoners of war right now. You're okay. dead. Not in this, general. Either side, you're dead. Either side. Either side. You're done. There's no, oh, wait, wait, man. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's off with your head. Sad. Well, in fear of being trapped, Reno halted
0: his charging men, dismounted and fired upon the village at a distance. After some 20 minutes, the group had taken only one casualty, and Custer's promised reinforcements had not shown up. Mm. Ordering a retreat into the timber and brush along the river, the soldiers were quickly pursued by a mix of Cheyenne
1: and Sioux, I mean how, fast is, he, no, cash, cash how fast is he no seriously how fast does he really think his reinforcements are gonna show up?
0: They were only like a mile away. Not I mean what, ten minutes? Okay, it takes ten far, minutes. Far.
1: Takes ten minutes to get so it says after some twenty minutes. Right. So it takes ten minutes for you so to he waited twenty minutes no, and be like they ain't it takes coming. ten minutes for you to be like, Hey, you tell a guy go fucking tell him we no, need because him because so it takes es- him ten minutes estab- to get there. We established earlier that if
0: you hear a volley of fire, you fucking go for reinforcement. You go and help. If it's ten minutes, if it's if it's
1: ten but minutes you, away, it's, if it's ten minutes away on horse, dude, you're very rarely you're gonna. It's gonna be hard to hear guns. Ten minutes away? No, that's uh. You can hear a gunshot. It's like twenty miles. Can, ten minutes away on a horse is like twenty miles. No, no, are you dumb? Yeah, you can. It would be like no. fucking. You, no. It's a mile minute. You go a mile a minute in a car going seventy miles an hour. Oh, so it'll be longer than that. So if it's if it's
0: ten miles away, so probably wasn't even ten minutes away. You're right. On a horse, it probably, but it took five minutes. Uh, you can hear fu- you can hear fucking uh, gunfire from five to ten miles away for sure.
1: In an open area. that's what I said. You're telling me you won't be able I to hear said, that ten miles. But it's gonna take you more than ten minutes to get there on a horse. No. Fuck yeah. How wouldn't it? It was a village. Go a mile a minute. You're not one going 60 fucking, mile an hour. One, one company was at the top of the village. The other one was at the bottom. Uh, how
0: many fucking... How big do you think the village wasn't fucking 20 miles long? Come on. Maybe a mile. Come
1: on, man. They're not that close. Come on. Of course they are. Why would they be they're that close? Sur- they're
0: going to surround the village. Of course they're that close. You tell me the fucking regiments are 30 miles away? No. From the Indians? Why would they be a mile within a mile? That's stupidity. Is there? They're ascending to the fucking village. Of In course, the, they're within a mile. They, 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 they the fucking, guy, the fucking um, the guy is is firing on the village right now. What are you talking about? This is what we're talking about. He's firing on the village. What are you even talking about right now? What are we, what are we even? I not even. His know. reinforcements didn't re, uh, arrive. That's what we're talking about. After twenty minutes, he's like, "Fuck,
1: they ain't coming." So then he retreated. So after twenty minutes, what I'm saying though, is on horse back then, it would take at least, even if they five were, minutes. Even if they're a mile out of town, five like, minutes on a horseback, five minutes, five minutes to get there, and then five, yeah, they should have been there in twenty minutes. It's well within twenty minutes, All right? Especially here in. But the I don't think there. they're a mile out of town. That's close. That's too close, dude.
0: A mile. I out... Don't think, I, I don't think you're realizing they're they're literally going toward they're they're going towards the village right now. He, this guy is engaging with the village. Yes. He can see the, He can fire on fucking teepees in the village. Yeah. That's how close they are. So, of course, they're that close.
1: You didn't say that.
0: I just said. Fair and he might be trapped. Reno halted his charge of men, dismounted, and fired upon the village at a distance. What, what? Fucking 20 meters? After some 20 minutes, the group had only taken one casualty, and Custer's promised reinforcements had not showed up. Ordering a retreat into the timber and brush along the river, the soldiers were quickly pursued by a mix of Cheyenne and Sioux Indians who took a number of casualties and the battalion fled. I said, fuck this, I'm getting out of here.
1: So they sent it on to the well. Continuing to retreat uphill to the bluffs east of the river, Reno's forces was met by a squadron commanded by Captain uh, Frederick Benteen. Benteen's forces had been sent by uh, Custer to prevent Indian escape. He's like, Benteen, you're my only hope. You can't, you're you the, can't you're let the, those literally the last,
0: escape. You're the last line of defense from letting these motherfuckers just go.
1: Right. You can't let these guys... He's like, hey, do not let the Indians escape through the upper valley of the Little Bighorn River. <laughs> he was like, I'll try my best. Well, at his arrival on the bluffs, was just in time to save Reno's men from being completely wiped out by the Indians. Though combined forces was then reinforced by a smaller command escorting Benteen's pack track. Troops did not, I repeat, did not continue on towards uh, Custer's men for at least an hour. They're like, eh, we'll just check it out here. In spite of the fact that heavy gunfire was heard from the north, they're like, well... That could be nothing. It could be <laughs> nothing. They could, just could be shooting at a rabbit. Heavy gunfire. Yeah, exactly. Heavy Right, is that a conspiracy theory? Failure to move would later prompt criticism that Bentine had failed to follow orders to march to the sound of guns. What I've just been saying for the Which last 20 would minutes. Which I totally, if, if this whole sentence right here was like, I mean, the whole paragraph was fucking in a fucking government thing and I was in a fucking court and that. Guilty, yes. hit the gavel. all day. Yep, Benteen is guilty of treason. <laughs> oh, I don't know I don't treason. treason but... <laughs> but basically, he let his fellow members die.
0: Well, we'll get to the end of the story. Having isolated Reno's force... <laughs> Will and, we? Will oh, we? Well, someday. <laughs> and driven... The, having isolated Reno Sports and driven them away from the encampment, the bulk of the native warriors were free to pursue Custer. Right. Well, the route taken by Custer to his, quote-unquote, last stand remains a subject of debate. One possibility is that after ordering Reno to charge... I Custard, think he was in
1: full fucking panic mode. I think Custer was. He's like, we got to do this shit now. We're losing men. I left him right. No. He was a stupidity. Custer knew of nothing that happened. He was stupidity. Custer knew nothing that I happened think he so did. far. He knows.
0: Literally didn't. He knows. He literally didn't. But I think he knows.
1: He knows. If you
0: would just let me read. Well, I will. One possibility is that after ordering Reno to charge, Custer continued down Reno Creek to within about a half mile. So there's, there's your fucking uh, distance. Right. Half mile of the Little Bighorn, but then turned north and climbed up the bluffs, reaching the same spot to which Reno would soon retreat. Right. From this point, on the other side of the river, he could see Reno charging the village. So mm. he saw Reno. Right. Riding north along the bluffs, Custer could have descended into Medicine Tail. Could have, coulee. so they don't know. Some historians believe that part of Custer's force descended the coulee, going west to the river and attempting unsuccessfully to cross into the village. Mm, According to some accounts, a small contingent of Indian sharpshooters effectively opposed this crossing. The precise details of Custer's fight are largely conjectural, since none of the men who went forward with Custer's battalion, the five companies that he actually had command of, survived the battle. Nobody did. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what for sure happened.
1: Right. Well, you know, I think it was a big, big, big misunderstanding by a foolish of government, foolish fucking army, a foolish fucking uh, uh, power, saying, nah, you know, I'm just going to grab this and go. Nobody's going to do anything. That's what I thought. That's why I see this whole... Well, clearly, they underestimated
0: right. the, the fucking force of the Indians. This, that's, right. That's already been established. Right. right. Wow. So they were going... At this point, they were going normal battle tactics that you would do for... The size of the size of Indians right. they had encountered in the past, right?
1: So, or normal battle tactics at all because they could just easily what I'm saying send yeah. it on and fucking do what they wanted, exactly, just like the British <laughs> basically. Basically, they just traded red coats for blue. Uh, while the gunfire heard on the bluffs by Reno and Bentine's men during the afternoon of the 25th of June was probably from Custer's fight. The soldiers on Reno Hill were unaware of what had happened to Custer until General Terry's arrival on the 27th of June. Mm. They were reportedly stunned by the news. They're like, What the fuck do you mean? No. What? Are you telling me? No way. Are you fucking telling me that shit that we heard the other day? The other day was that? No way. Yeah, man, some shit went down. You guys were supposed to go and you didn't. We didn't know. Well, talk to your captain. Uh, well, when, you
0: did know because the, right. the orders were to assist at <laughs> fucking uh, well, sounds the, of
1: gunfire. Only the, not only the uh, generals and shit knew. Not the fucking cavalrymen. All oh, that. these Bentine and fucking Reno were commanding yeah. those specific people. These soldiers and, didn't know when to go. These but guys Reno and Bentine heard it too. This two guys, yeah, they. So why would they instruct the fucking the people to go? Well, you can't you can't count those people accountable. Nobody said they did, but, I mean, That's horrible my whole leadership. Right, otherwise I'd... Uh, they were poorly stunned by the news. They were like, what? No, wait. No, no. We heard the gunfire. We're just waiting for action. We didn't hear <laughs> nothing from our commanding officers. So we just sat down. Uh, when the Army examined the Custer's battle site, soldiers could not determine fully what had transpired. They are like, well, we know some people died, and there's <laughs> a lot of gunshots. <laughs> we know We know some people died. But wow. we don't know exactly what happened. Custer's force of roughly 210 men had been engaged by the Lakota and northern Cheyenne about three and a half miles uh, north of Reno and Benteen's so, defensive so Custer, position. So Custer moved far north. Yeah, about three and a half miles. That's far on horses. That's far. He was out of jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. He was but they uh, still heard the guns.
0: Barely, though. They did, off,
1: clearly. Yeah, but off of, like... Clearly by, they heard it. Yeah, but by the time they heard it, it was
0: done no way. They could have arrived in time. Nah. Three and a half miles is not that much to cover on a horse, man. Whether it take, you, it take off, you about ten minutes. Off of clear plains. Ten, 10 minutes 10 is minutes. enough. Ten minutes would have been enough to... Over. Fuck. You have a gunfight in fucking three. Once you've realized... Done, over once, once we Once we go further into the store and you realize how long the battle took, then you'll be like, oh.
1: Okay. Yeah, but by the time we got there, everything's done dead. Once you go forward and we realize how long the battle took, you be like, oh. Even if the battle took an hour or two. Still. Still. So... 10 minutes, they would have took them. A lot would have happened in that first 10 and minutes, but it needed to take two hours if those other fucking thousands of fucking fighters were there. Just read. Custer's force of roughly 210 men had been engaged by the Colette in Northern Cheyenne about three and a half miles north of Reno and Bentine's defensive position. So they are fucking at least 10 to 15 to 20 minutes away on horseback. Evidence of organized resistance included an apparent skirmish line on Calhoun Hill. And apparently, uh, in an apparent breastworks... What's a breastwork? What's a breastwork? What's a breastwork? An apparent breastworks made of dead horses on a custer hill. So, like, fucking stages? Like, fucking... Apparent fucking, uh... They fucking faked you? No. April Fool's Day? No.
0: Basically, they fucking... Made a barrier of dead horses to protect them. It's like sandbags for modern uh, fucking evidence soldiers.
1: of organized resistance, including an apparent skirmish line on Kelown Hill and, and, and apparent breastworks made of dead horses on Custer Hill. I can see that. Okay. Uh, by the time troops came to recover the bodies, the Lakota and Cheyenne had already moved most of their dead from the field. The troops found most of Cutler's. I mean Custer's. Dead men, stripped of their clothing, yeah, you know, ritually mutilated, and in a state of uh, decomposition, making identification of many impossible. They're like, this is just fuck. It was a horrific scene. Yep. I mean, you got it was two days after. Yeah, two days after, and these guys basically a lot of these guys in are the like hot sun. The Indians like ripped their scalps off and faces off, dude. That's what they did. They like ripped their faces off, took the fucking top. Um, of their, their,
0: mutilated dude, probably cut off mute. their dicks. That's what that means. Yep. That's why they were stripped of their clothing. Stripped of their
1: Fucking just... Dis- yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, and they were like, oh, I don't even know. Who is this guy? I don't even know. There's like five legs on this guy. He should only have two. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, the soldiers identified the 7th cavalry's dead as best as possible and hastily buried them where they laid. They're like, um... Uh, Will, who's? Do we got a list of the 7th Cavalry? They're dead. <laughs> They're, all dead. They're dead. These are them. Check them off. Check them off, boys. <laughs> check them off. Check them off. Send checks to the parents. Or not even checks. Check them off. Yep, check them off, boys. All right, guys. That's going to do
0: it for episode part one of the Battle of Little Bighorn. You're right. This is long. We got a lot to go after this. Including what happens afterwards, and um, still more of what happened to what actually happened to Custer. Oh, yeah, we haven't heard anything about Custer yet. We still got to learn about Custer and what actually probably happened on that day, and what uh, nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure.
1: I got an argument about this. Well, we'll see in the next. I got an argument. We'll
0: we'll save that for the next episode, part one of the Battle of Little. I know we're all
1: over the place on this. But that's what we fucking do man. What if you we guys have already do.
0: if you guys have already heard Outlaws and Gunslingers, you know this is how we roll. Is how we do. So, if you haven't, you're introduced to how we roll. I mean, so, <laughs>
1: follow the main story, but there's also
0: try to keep up with the main story. <laughs> there's many other stories in there that are yeah. other stupidity shit. Yeah. But we're
1: sticking with the main story. Just follow it. Just follow, follow it. it. Maybe we can wait we can figure out how to uh release a uh, no. No. Sorry, that's guys. not happen. No. Just follow the story. Just take what you can get. Cause follow it. We never claim to be... Anything. A fucking... We don't uh, claim to be anything. We, we, never, we don't even claim
0: to be podcasters. We, well, no. We never claim to be... Uh, we're going to present the story... No, from, ...from beginning to end exactly how it went. No, we're going to fucking engage in
1: conversations about how we feel. Or, and about... Uh, and we're going to talk
0: p- about the instances. And or, we're going to talk about what factual,
1: happened. Or factual. Because some of it could be... We don't know. Exactly. We don't know. We're going to talk about it. This is our opinion. It's basically what we're saying. We don't know. We're going to talk about. Most of this shit I'm reading. We discuss. We know about all this shit, but when you. If you've already tuned in. if you're oh already tuned my. in to
0: Outlaws and Gunslingers, you know that we discuss basically every Anything. aspect of the story. Not even to the story. We'll of read, aspects of that. We'll read what happened, and right. then and then we'll fucking discuss right. it amongst ourselves. Right. So we're reading the official story, right. and then we'll discuss it. So right. that's what you see in here. Right. That's what you see on every Outlaws and right. Gunslingers. Right. And I, get it. I don't know what else to say. Go I check us out at mouthofmichiganders.podbean.com with Monday Night Warsh music history for the
1: week. Ooh, we got, uh, I want to a... rock. I love I want to rock. I think I love I want to rock just as much as uh, sports history. I think They're I want to rock. I think I want
0: to rock is better. Nice. Uh, Yeah, we got all those. Plus, you never know fucking which bonuses and whichever Ooh, which else we'll talk about. you going to get? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we'll talk about. Part one, little, Battle little Little Bighorn, is in the books. Join us next week for part two, where you'll find out all the goody details. I don't know if it's goody. It's kind of sad um, if you already know the story. But uh, yeah, nothing else to say besides we're the Mouth of Michiganders with
1: Bang Dang.